The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, great to have you with us. We have a returning guest, somebody who is probably one of my most favorite people to interview. And the other good thing about it is that he is going to be here in Cleveland at our Bringing America Back to Life Convention 2024. He is going to be our opening speaker on Friday, March the 8th. And I'm talking about none other than the dear and very famous Stephen Mosher, who is the president of Population Research Institute. You've heard me talking with Stephen many, many times. So it's great to have you with us, Stephen. Thank you for joining. Well, it's great to be with you again, Molly, and I'm very much looking forward to the Bringing America Back to Life conference. You know, I've been speaking at conferences for the last well, quarter century or more, and, and this is this is one of the best conferences I've ever attended. I've been there multiple times, as you know, yes. thanks to your kind invitation. I'm looking forward to being together with you, and it's always a great group of people who gather and, and, and share our common view of the necessity to protect uh, unborn human life, uh, you, yeah. human life from conception to natural death. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I know you, I think you've come a couple of times with your wife as well. So I think you were there one year with your wife as well. So it's, it's been it's always such a pleasure to have you there and you a wealth of information. And you are probably one of the speakers we get the most requests to have you come back again. So I'm glad you were able to do it this year. This is amazing. So you are recognized around the world internationally as the authority on China and population issues. You're also an author. As you mentioned, you speak all over the world. You have been in this fight since 1979. It's unbelievable. Before we get to you know what you're going to be talking about, all of that kind of stuff, I always find it fascinating to see God working through people like you because you were the very first American social scientist to visit mainland China. At the time, you were a socialist you were you were not on our side at all well I, I couldn't help myself really molly because i was at stanford university which uh even in those days uh was that one of the one of the high temples of secular humanism i mean i was surrounded by for the most part godless atheists who admired socialism uh who thought that mao zedong and the chinese communist party had done a wonderful thing in creating a new socialist man, a new socialist woman in China, and that the lives of the Chinese people uh, post-communism were ever so much better than the lives uh, that they had uh, enjoyed before the coming of communism. So that's what I had been spoon-fed at Stanford by, in some cases, Marxist, openly Marxist professors. There are more now, but there were some then as well. And um, we, uh, so, so when I went to China, uh, that's what I expected to find. It took, I'm sad to say, it took months uh, for the local Chinese villagers to convince me that it wasn't true, that none of it was true, that their lives were actually worse. This was 1980 wow. uh, than they had been in 1949 before the coming of the Chinese Communist Party to power. And you know how they convinced me? Well, they convinced me by taking me out to a little hill 
not far from the village, uh, little is called Little Turtle Mountain, where all of the former members of the Nationalist Party and the former village leaders had been taken out and shot when the Red Army got there in early 1950. Uh, they convinced me by taking me out to a potter's field where several hundred people were buried, people who had been killed or died of famine during the famine after the Great Leap Forward in 1960, 1961. Uh, they convinced me by telling me stories about how uh, people had uh, practiced cannibalism during the Cultural Revolution in the 1966, 67, 68, literally eating their political enemies. Uh, they convinced me by telling me that, you know, in the old days, uh, the village leaders were not bad men, they said, and even if they were, they had limited power. Now the Communist Party officials control uh, our entire lives. You know, and they, the Communist Party criticized landlords. You know what the villagers called the Communist Party? They called it the big landlord because oh, that's what it God. was. It owned all the land, all the property, all the homes, and in fact, all the people in China. And it still does today, Molly. It's a totalitarian state. Your talk is going to be called, and folks, please remember this is going to be on Friday, March the 8th at the Embassy Suites in Independence, bringing America back to life. Go to our website, register now. We have sold out of tickets for the last six years. Um, don't be disappointed because we can't accommodate you, so do it right now. Um, but, but you, your talk at the, at the convention, Steve, is going to be, um, the devil and communist China and, uh, yeah, and communist Chinese communism. What the devil? That's pretty harsh. <laughs> Tell us why. Well, why did it, you? It, why did it, you? <laughs> I don't. I don't speak lightly of the devil. I, I can assure you. <laughs> I'm sure um, you don't. And I, I I try to avoid him at all costs. And you know, if 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 I'm tempted, I say vade retro draco, get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the fact is that if you look at the whole trajectory of the Chinese Communist Party from its founding, in the early 1920s. Uh, and at the behavior specifically of the first chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, the longtime chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, Mao Zedong, we find uh, a man in Mao and the leaders of the Chinese Communist Party as, as individuals who, whenever they faced a choice between good and evil, they always chose, invariably chose evil. Yep. Whenever they had a choice between doing uh, achieving an end by, by doing it openly and, and above board or doing it deceitfully and, and practicing criminal behavior. They always chose deceit. Uh, so, uh, here's a life in, in Mao Zedong and here's a movement in Chinese communism that, uh, was inspired literally by, by, by malignant, yeah. by malignant spirits. Mm. I have no doubt. Uh, I could give you examples that would turn your stomach. Well, I'm hoping. I will know, at my yeah. talk. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, let's hope, I'm sure you will give, give us all of that information at the talk. So again, don't forget folks, uh, bringing America back to life, March 8th and 9th, March 8th, kicking off the whole convention will be Stephen Mosher, who <clears throat> is going to really show us how this, how, what we are up against, what the fight that we're in, and it is a diabolical fight. It absolutely is diabolical. Stephen, you know, you, you talk about the, 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 the whole population control, how, how this was so devastating. You know, women being forced to have abortions, it, you know, hiding the pregnant ladies, pregnant mothers away so that they couldn't find them. All, I mean, all of this, you, you've, you've explained all of this. You're, you've got a, several books that you've written. That, um, I forget the name of the one that I wrote, that I read about the, um, you followed a woman all the way through. Yes, yeah, a mother's ordeal. A mother's mm -hmm. ordeal. I literally was in 
tears when I was reading that book because it is so it is so devastating to see what one human being can do to another. You know, it's just horrible, absolutely horrible. But it's interesting to see that right now, very recently, I think within the last month or so, we've seen uh, the chairman of the Communist Party in, in China crying on TV and begging women in North, uh, North Korea, I think it was, to please have children because they don't have any children. What's with that? Well, well, communism always kills, you see, and sometimes it kills quickly. And we know that happens in purges and, and political campaigns. It, but, but it also kills slowly by draining hope from a society, by making people feel like there's no point in bringing children into this dismal, dark, gray world uh, where everything is controlled by the party, even one's very thoughts. And so in North Korea, they've done the same thing. You know, the little dictator, uh, Kim Jong-il, uh, has has uh, so depressed the economy and so depressed the, the minds of his subjects that people don't want to have children. It doesn't help, of course, that 15% of the population, one in six uh, people in North Korea, is in a prison camp. And if a woman in a prison camp gets pregnant, she is beaten until she miscarriages. Oh that is gosh. literally, literally true. So in China, of course, they're not they're, they're not quite that dramatic in what they do, but they killed. 400 million unborn children from 1979 to the end of the one-child policy in 2016. And now we have Xi Jinping basically telling young Chinese women they must get pregnant and have children. Right now, he's just encouraging them to. But make no mistake, in the future, if young women do not respond to the party's call, uh, there will be forced pregnancy in China. I guarantee it. That was my next question. Do you think that there's going to be forced childbearing? Because I, I, this is the way they seem to do things. They, I mean, they, they will be taken and captured or there's going to be this whole, which is what they're already doing. The Chinese are already doing all the, you know, the research and the, in, into in vitro fertilization and all that kind of stuff. So we know that that's already happening. But it, how, what, how's this going to work? Goodness gracious. Well, how, how it's going to work is they're going to act. Uh, in the way that Mao Zedong told them to in 1958. He said, we need to control production, reproduction in China in the same way we control production. In the same way we produce steel and bicycles and cars, uh, we need to produce babies. So his position in 1958, which has been the position of the Chinese Communist Party in the decade since, is that human beings are simply like bicycles or cars or anything else. If we need more, uh, we'll turn on the spigot and produce more. If we need fewer, we'll force women to have abortions and sterilize them. Now they need more. And they are now in the business of encouraging young women. They're now in the business of, of setting up matchmaking clubs. They're now in the business of providing child care. But that won't do it, you see, because there are so few young women in China, because so many baby girls have been killed before and after birth. There's no way unless every young woman in China is forced to get married at 20 and have three children in her 20s, there's no way they can stop the population from dying and shrinking. Um, so what are they going to do? I think forced pregnancy is definitely going to be on the agenda in the years to come. 
Another thing that's really hitting the news uh, coming out of China is what's going on within the Catholic Church. Um, Stephen, you you are a Catholic. I am a Catholic. Um, both strongly practicing Catholics. We, you know, we follow the church. We, we, you know, we look to the, to the Vatican. Um, well, I don't know so much anymore, but <laughs> I do. I still, the Vatican, you know, the, the, the Pope is still the, the head of the church. But what about these, these, um, bishops that there's been some sort of an agreement between Pope Francis and the bishop and the, and the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party about who and who can and can't become a bishop in, in China. They've just, I think it's three bishops that have just been ordained. Um, and, and I, I'm, and with the, with the blessing of the Chinese Communist Party, what on earth is going on there? Well, it's hard to tell because the agreement that was signed in 2018 is a secret agreement. So no one knows, aside from uh, Pope Francis and uh, the Secretary of State, Cardinal Perlin, exactly what is in the agreement. Uh, we think it concerns the appointment of bishops, uh, but uh, the the agreement, the terms of the agreement are, I think, as follows, that the Chinese Communist Party proposes a candidate. And the Pope has a few months, maybe just a few weeks, to endorse the candidate, to bless the candidate, uh, who then becomes a bishop. So that the process is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, which, as you and I know, is not how it is supposed to work. Mm. Um, and and it, the things came, push came to shove a few months ago when Beijing ignored the, the, the Vatican and simply installed a bishop as the head of the largest archdiocese mm-hmm. in China, uh, the Archdiocese of Shanghai. And um, that, that was a blatant violation of the, of the agreement because the Pope had not agreed to this man becoming bishop. And so now we see the, 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 the Vatican simply going along with the Communist Party's choices. Are they good men, bad men? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they're selected by the Chinese Communist Party who are, uh, diabolical, who are diabolical? Who are diabolical? Does call it spade a spade? Yeah, this is a diabolical organ, you know, country leadership choosing our cardinals and our bishops. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's you know, I often and and folks, you listeners know that I talk about this all the time. I'm we at this time in in our lives, I think we're living down the rabbit hole. We really are living down the rabbit hole, because I would never have been able to see all of this coming, even even fifteen years ago, ten years ago, Stephen. This is just, it's it's so fast. It's happened so quickly. So I agree with you. I think the devil is definitely. Very, very active in the world right now, particularly in China. One of the other things that I wanted to ask you about, and you wrote a very good article on um, just a couple of days back, actually. Um, actually, it was yeah, it was just a, a, about a month ago, and um, it was about Pope Francis's almost nonchalance towards, and I think you actually call it that. that, that. It's it's his nonchalance between about sexual sins. He he doesn't seem to see. How the sexual sins rot everything else, and and those of us that have seen it and have had children and families and you know kids and everything, you see you see this nonchalance towards. If there is a nonchalance towards it, that's what happens. The, the whole the whole community, the whole society goes sort of belly up into to to a large extent. What um, talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, the, the difference between the adults and children is adults are able to practice self-control. 
And so as parents, we want to teach our children to control their appetites. Uh, we don't want them to, to drink, uh, you know, too much. Uh, we don't want them to eat too much gluttony. We don't want them to indulge themselves too much, um, uh, in, in, in different, in different occupations, in different pastimes. And we don't want them to abuse their, 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 their sex, uh, when they become teenagers and those powerful hormones begin to course through their body and they be, they begin to behave in unpredictable ways. And I think that the, the quickest way to turn someone from a, um, an adult, a responsible, uh, adult into a, into a, um, uh, someone who abuses yeah. their natural God-given yeah. uh, body is is through the sexual route, yeah. and so I think we see that again and again in the age that we live in. Uh, this is the way that the devil tempts most people uh, into um, into sin, I believe. Yeah. And 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 by providing us with uh, cell phones and and uh, oh, computers yeah. and so forth, uh, which which enable us to instantaneously communicate around the world, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, also, evil is just one, uh, you know, button one away. One button away, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this fiducia, I'm going to say it cor- incorrectly, um, suppl- supplicants, um, that that he has just put out that the Pope, Pope Francis has just put out through um through through Cardinal uh, Fernandez uh written by Cardinal Fernandez in the in, at, at the Vatican and the Pope has given it his blessing and it's all about sexual sins if he didn't if if there's not supposed to be some you know focus on sexual sins then he's he's writing these things about sexual sins he's going to be blessing sexual sins this is such a contradiction well, it is, and and it, it's also a contradiction that we have, you know, the the head of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, uh, Cardinal Fernandez, now uh, apparently the author of uh, sens- sensual mystical literature, um, and 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 that's an evil because all it does is justify the worst excesses of the sexual revolution mm-hmm. that is corrupting our society and leading young people, uh, quite frankly. Uh, to the abyss, teaching them not self-control in sexual matters, but self-indulgence, teaching them that anything goes. Uh, they can redefine. They can redefine their very uh, their very sex if they want to. Um, so this is this is a dangerous thing, which I think denies our fundamental humanity, denies the fact that our bodies are temples of the the Holy Spirit, and and denies children the the chance to reach uh, you know true adulthood, true responsible adulthood. As followers of Christ, mm, absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know I, there's been so much that has been said, and I, I know that around the world there are there are di- you know whole countries that are, are the the um, for example the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops type of thing all over the world. These types of conferences um, are are really at a loss as to why you know why did we have to have this? You know why is this complete focus on where we go? You know the the negatives of 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 society and of culture when we know you know when we see what's happening why could there not be have been a a statement about abortion to be quite honest with you instead of a, se- a statement about sexual sexuality and, and and it seems to be ongoing it just keeps on coming out of this particular vatican you know under under this pope there is such a focus on on the sexual sins and sexual and and accepting se- sexual sins telling us that we need to accept them I, I, there's no ways. How can we walk up to a, our priest after mass and somebody's in in a homosexual relationship and says, "Please, Father, can you bless us?" And he blesses them in front of everybody. That's creating scandal. 
There's no other way to say that. Yeah, it it absolutely is, and of course, uh, the 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 statement um, from the uh, doctrinal office uh, tries to have it both ways. It tries to say nothing has changed. We still believe the same thing, but we're going to change the practice a little bit. Well, the the the, the theory, the theology, and the practice have to be have to be unified. Uh, you can't separate the one from the other. This is a classic example of double think or double speak. Uh, and it simply needs to be withdrawn. As the African Bishops' Conference has said, uh, they will not be blessing um, homosexual couples. The Belgian bishops are on board as well, and a number of other conferences have, have spoken out against uh, uh, blessing these relationships because you cannot bless sin. Mm-mm. You absolutely cannot. You cannot bless sin. You, you know, you cannot. Uh, uh, and, and I know that many uh, um, people that listen to my program, all of you out there. I mean, we have d- different Christian religions have different things, but we do not believe Catholics do not believe in divorce. And you, you are married until death do you part. I mean, that that's just the way. When we when we accept a, a marriage in the Catholic Church, that's the way it is. But it would be the same as as a divorced couple coming up to the priest and saying, please bless us because, you know, you, you can't do it. Until you are out of that relationship, that's not going to work. It, it, it's almost a, it's blasphemy. I, I really, I am so discouraged by, by having this happen at, at, in, at the Vatican from the Pope. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where you just go, wow, how much further are we going to have to go before somebody says, enough, Pope Francis, you cannot do this. Now, I will give you this. He's, he's done some good things as well, so I'm, I'm not going to knock him for everything. But these types of things, these types of statements are creating such Havoc in our world right now. You know, Stephen, you've got children. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. You've got grandchildren. And I see this, this sort of complete jumble of, of instructions coming at our children as being, again, another diabolical strand that, that's, that's out there right now. So it's really interesting to see what God is going to do with all of this because he's not going to let it just stand. That, that's my personal feeling. And I talk to God all the time, and he's told me. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, well, I talk, I talk to Cardinal Zen, and Cardinal Zen says that Cardinal Fernandez, the fellow who, who um, um, you know, issued this statement saying you, you, you can bless homosexual couples, um, he said that uh, if, if the good cardinal is committing a heresy by claiming a serious sin is good, then the prefect should resign or be dismissed. That's the great Cardinal wow. Zen Joseph Zen of Hong Kong, Cardinal Emeritus of Hong Kong, who has spoken out for the Catholic Church and, of course, the Catholic Church in China for many, many decades. Very courageous man. And uh, our own John Paul II Academy for Human Life and Family, uh, which I'm a member of, has also issued a statement signed by our dozens of members uh, asking that uh, the statement be withdrawn and asking for Cardinal Fernandez to be uh, to resign to resign. So the I think the the pressure is is, is building. I hope that, that Pope Francis will see this appointment has been a mistake and um, and and ask um, Cardinal Fernandez to go uh, 
into a monastery somewhere and spend the rest of his life in prayer. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know when you when you read the book that he wrote, and well, I didn't I haven't read it, but when you read about the book he's read that he wrote, he should never have been in charge of even making any kind of statement on this issue. It's like good grief, <laughs> goodness gracious me. Anyway, we we have to pray honestly, Stephen. We the, the only thing that's going to get us out of all of this is lots and lots of prayer because I think it's going to be, and we are going to start with that prayer. We'll start right at the beginning of our convention. We have folks you can go and sign up on our website to pray for us for our bringing america back to life convention every year we have a month full of you know daily prayers for people sign up to pray for for the convention and protection and you know wisdom to all our speakers so you can go there and sign up even if you can't come you can still participate you can do that by signing up and praying for us all as we go through it's a very very important convention it provides so much hope to so many people people come from all over the country all over ohio and I'm hoping Michigan, you're going to have a good standing there this year again. You know, you're right just around the corner there and I, the, this program airs every night in Michigan as well. So let's make sure we, we get a lot of people out there to come and listen to Stephen because he's going to be really worth it. Friday morning, March the 8th, 8 o'clock, the breakfast starts and then Stephen will start talking at 9. Stephen, as always, so, such a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much and looking forward to seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you too and everyone at the conference. Good. God bless you lots. Thank you. God bless. Thanks. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. 